Looking to get your kid back on the ice this year but not sure that you can? The Flames Even Strength Program is back again to help Southern Alberta families ensure their kids can play hockey. Qualified low-income families can receive up to $700 to help cover the registration fees and will gain access to no-cost equipment from the Calgary Flames Sports Bank. Head to kidsport.ca slash Calgary to learn more. Looking to listen to Sport Calgary's podcast on the go? Be sure to follow the Face First podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, free to download on all iOS and Android devices. and welcome to the Face First Podcast. My name is Alicia Rissling. My name is Grace Dafo. And we are having a host and co-host uh, episode here today to talk about, again, a recent news event in the sporting world. Yeah, I mean, I know you you really grilled me last time, but uh, but these hot topics, I mean, this one is impossible to ignore right now, I'd say. Yeah, it's all over the media and uh, particularly in my group of friends, non-athlete friends, I'd say, um, there's been a little bit of movement. So what we're going to talk about today is Shikari Richardson testing positive for marijuana one month before the Olympic Games. Yeah. And I mean, I would say that a lot of people who aren't in sport, this is reaching them. Not a lot of people talked about Shelby Houlihan, who tested positive for a steroid about three weeks before the Olympic trials. But Shikari Richardson, three weeks later, she's also... Shelby is also American. Um, this one seemed to just hit it big and so much so that Joe Biden was commenting in on it yesterday. I saw. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we start with that? What did Joe Biden say about it? He said, I mean, I can't say verbatim, but his overall feeling was that rules are rules and she's accepted. And obviously she's publicly made comments that she's accepted the ban and moving forward, um, with the next step. So, I mean, I didn't watch exactly what he said, but I saw a little media synopsis. But I think it's so crazy that they're asking the president of the United States what his opinion is on a 100-meter sprinter. Um, yeah. Anyways, what, what's going on in your non-athlete friend circle? Well, the topic of, of marijuana as a performance enhancer is the thing that seems to be front and center. This is where... Okay, where am I going to start with this? <laughs> so... I think it's pretty evident to the world that marijuana, which is now fully legal in Canada, it's legal in the Netherlands. There are plenty of states where it's legal in. We have come to the conclusion that this is not a performance enhancer. Um, I know very, very, very many athletes. Oh, I guess I should talk about the rules first. So in marijuana, there's two components. There's the CBD component, which has been deemed uh, uh legal in sport at all times. So CBD is the non-psycho, um, psycho, I don't even know how to say it, but the non, it doesn't impair you. Um, it is a cannabidiol that goes into your receptors and it actually has been proven to, to have an assortment of, of health benefits such as anti-inflammation. It helps um, people with uh, suffering from pain, it binds to your receptors in a natural way and um, can actually ease the body. It relaxes the muscles. Um, it's used primarily for that. Um, and I know it has a lot of other health benefits. I just can't even start to name them all, but a lot of them have to do with uh, anxiety as well. A lot of, and that's where that one comes in. CBD can be derived from uh, the hemp plant, the, from the leaves 
or it can come from the bud of the marijuana where it has to be separated from its co-partner, which is THC. Now, THC is not banned out of competition, but it is banned in competition. And the number one reason why it is banned in competition is because it violates the spirit of sport. Now this is right from the water website. I literally just did my anti-doping course. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, and, and for those that are listening, um, I mean, you know, way more about the CBD THC side than I do, but in competition and out of competition is a very important distinction for athletes when they're looking at what medications they can take, whether it be certain types of anti-inflammatories, something as simple as t- Tylenol cold and sinus, some cold Sudafed in that one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I wasn't going to go into the exact ingredients, but there is a website you can punch in what medication you would want to take. And it will tell you, um, all, all the medicinal parts in it that are like this one. And it gives a little green check mark or a prohibited for in competition and out of competition. So that's important distinction for athletes is, um, you know, she was running in the USA Olympic trials, which is in competition. Um, versus, you know, hanging out in her off season or during COVID when she was quarantining at home. Um, so that's just an important distinction for me as we move forward in talking about it. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. These, and these are all very important things that I think the public needs to realize because we as athletes have to go through constant every year we have to go through a complete drug course. I literally just did mine this past weekend and it took me seven hours. Like, and I only had to do the review one. I think it's just because I missed one and then I have to go back and redo it all. I'm not sure, but we constantly, this is being thrown at us. So, uh, if we want to go back to, I believe it was, um, Ross, Rebigliotti, I think it is. is Yeah, I don't know. Um, So he he won gold in 1998. He's a Canadian snowboarder, and uh, he got his gold stripped away. And the amount of THC that was in his blood, and this is at the time when THC actually wasn't even on the anti drop, the global DRO, which is the World Anti Doping Association. Association, holy, Um, (laughs) but. he ended up fighting in court and proving that the amount of THC that was in his blood was so minuscule that um, he actually could have got it from secondhand smoke. Um, We're not here to debate whether or not that was right, but he won in court and he got his gold medal reinstated. Now, to put this in perspective, he had 0.013 nanograms, I believe it was, per milliliter, and now the rule for you to test positive, um, to have THC in your urine sample during a, uh, competition is more than 10 times that you have to have, I think it's like 0.150. So it's, it's, it's about 10 times what he had in his limit. Now, um, obviously this is something I feel passionately about because <laughs> I'm talking a lot about it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to move, I'd say the next kind of little case study people have been comparing it to is Michael Phelps. So Michael Phelps, it's an important distinction, never actually tested positive in competition for THC. He was caught holding drug paraphernalia in a photo and he was banned. So the difference too, banned by USA swimming or whatever. It was a team violation, probably in that spirit of sport area at the time it was not legal anywhere in the states yes so and he used banned for 90 days and he lost a couple of his major sponsors mm-hmm. so i was reading some that were like 
well, Michael Phelps got off without it and he still went to the Olympics. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that happened after the Olympics. And sure enough, I looked it up and it was also in his out of competition time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, he served a longer ban, yeah, which is interesting, but that ban was not by WADA. That ban was by USA swimming or whoever, mm-hmm. USOPC perhaps in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't look into that part, but it's not the same as the Shikari Richardson situation. So Stop comparing it because that's been really bothering me over the last few days. Yeah. So, and then we go back to the world is changing and the world has changed a lot in terms of how people view cannabis in the last couple of years, especially as it has become legal in our country. It's legal in, in more states than not. Um, people have been using it medicinally with their, their licensed card for, for years. Um, and I know a lot of athletes have come out. So in the last year, couple of years, uh, the NFL, the CFL stopped testing for it completely. Um, the NHL has changed their policies on it and everybody else. College athletes, I think too. Uh, don't quote me on that one. I don't know about okay, college. Okay, we'll stick with those. We'll stick with don't. The, <laughs> yeah, but I know for sure MLB and NFL have completely changed their policies on it. So I, I have a lot of people asking me that, um, well, why is THC even banned? Like, why is it even banned? Well, first of all, you're about to do a sport and it's banned across all sports. So some sports, for instance, my sport, I have to drive machinery going 150 kilometers an hour. I can't be impaired doing that. Like, so yeah, just like a lot of maybe field jobs and especially think of Northern Alberta and, and Alberta oil industry. Mm-hmm. They get drug tested for their jobs as well. So it just so happens that athletes get drug tested for their jobs as well. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, so, and a lot of people are like, well, and now the world is changing. So why has the rule not changed? Guess what? The rule has changed. And, and starting January 1st, 2021, THC, if you tested positive, if this would have been last year and this was headed into the real Tokyo 2020 and not a year later, and she tested positive, she would be serving a two year ban because an in competition, Testing positive would have been a two-year ban. As of January 1st, 2021, the, the WADA, World Anti-Doping Agencies, changed the rules, and they said if you can prove that the drug that you were taking, um, so they actually limited it to, to a couple very common recreational drugs, including THC in that, you actually only had to serve a 90-day suspension. And if you, um, if, and how you handled it, like for instance, how Shikardi handled it, where she admitted to it, she didn't try and hide it. Um, uh, you can enter a counseling program, a drug rehab counseling program, and then you'd only have to serve the 30 days. So just so people know, like if this would have been last year at this time, if, if we didn't have a pandemic and this same thing happened, she'd be serving a two year ban. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, for those, for the listeners to we get notified sometime before the months leading up to the next year, what the code is. And you have a chance to review it, obviously to make sure that you're compliant with Mm -hmm. it because come January one of that year, if you have a drug tester show up at your door, those are the rules no matter what. And I mean, Maria Sharapova also learned that the hard way, but that's a whole other road to go down when they ban meldonium. But, um, I did not know that she would have gotten. And also it's interesting to say, you know, people are saying, let her run. She almost got 90 days. Yeah. So if anything, she, she, I mean, she owned up to it and I thought she handled it very eloquently of saying I did what I did. And one of her tweets was world, see you at world championships in 2022. And she's basically talking about dominating track and field from 2022 straight through to Paris 2024. Yeah. So it, you know, in a crappy circumstance, 
I guess like, obviously she would love to run in the hundred meter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's choosing to take the high road and just move on and, and kind of really focus, I guess her training on, but I'm still wondering, is she going to run in the relay? In- and it depends. I haven't looked at USA track and fields selection criteria, but there might be room for some, some, Yeah. 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 Well, so, so here's the other thing about this, this situation. So she tested positive on June 27th, which was when the team USA Olympic trials were, she ran a 10, eight, six. That is insane. Like this girl is so flipping talented. She was going to be, you know, she's the, she's 21 years old. She's going to be the next, um, Shelly Ann Fraser price, right? Like uh, she's, I go as far to say that she would reach, bolt status on the like, female, uh, be the female bolt she could be she has the potential to be i just yeah i think that her platform was on the verge of exploding oh 100%. and i mean it has now obviously for different reasons but i think she was going to dominate the olympics and she was going to get all the endorsement deals which which this is why i'm so disappointed in her because i as a track and field fan i like so Shelly Ann Fraser Price is the reigning Olympic champ. She uh, she's definitely on the tail end of her career. Uh, there's a lot of speculation on if she's still going to be as dominant. She's a Jamaican, by the way. Um, is she still going to be as dominant in this race at the Olympic Games? This was going to be way more like this media on around the female 100 was going to be the highlight of the Olympic games. In my opinion, it was going to be, you know, other years there's been bolt and we, you know, we always hear the men's hundred or the men's 200, whatever that the hot race is going to be. And is it going to be Gatlin or is it going to be bolt or is it going to be DeGrasse? Like all these like top names, but right now it's the women's field that is just so incredible. And we know the women's record was going to go down. It's um, for sure. The women are just running so quickly right now. And, this Shikari, when she made this decision, so I guess what happened was, this is what she said in her tweets, um, she found out that her biological mother had passed away from a media personnel. Now, she found this out the week of, and she said she was having a hard time coping with it, and so she was using uh, marijuana medicinally to help her cope with that anxiety and that, um, you, you know, the stress and, and the, the depression from that, and and. Um, that's not what we're debating here. Like that's like no one is saying, and especially in, in our generation. And I think we were just talking to Rob before this and he grew up with a very different mindset around this drug. And I think for our generation, it's starting to change. And it certainly is for the, the Gen Z's behind us for sure. And just the world that they're and the way this drug is viewed and no one is here to, um, judge her for how she medicates, how she dealt with her grief. That is not like, that's okay. Like we, we, we don't, this is not what we're discussing here, but for her to test positive in that final race, that means she would probably had to have, um, ingested the THC within a couple days, if not the day of, of her race to, to, to have that kind of level. So, um, how I like to explain it to people is when people go up North to work on jobs and they get drug tested, they're allowed up to 0.5. In some cases, if they have a zero tolerance, it's 0.2. Whereas, like, in, uh, sorry, 0.02 and 0.05. Wow. And athletes are allowed up to one point, or point, no, 0.150. So it's, it's two versus 
five versus 150. Like that's how we're looking at this right now. Yeah. So she made a conscious decision. And as she said in one of her tweets, she knows what she did. Um, and the, and she took full responsibility, which is actually very admirable of how she handled it. Um, but, and there's so many people out there now that are starting to let her run. Like, I'm sure you've seen it all over social media. You sat us taking notes on all the athletes that are posting, yeah. let, let her, her run. run. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and as a person who is a fan of this, this woman and like, uh, I want to see her run so bad, but as an athlete, I'm like, we're not here to debate whether the rule is stupid or not, because the rule changes every year. And every year, they, it doesn't necessarily, but it has the potential to change every year. And the rule is the same for every athlete. So whether you live in a country where, where marijuana is legal or not, and you got to think most countries in the world, it's not legal. And that's where I also had the thought of the, uh, the U.S. is going crazy. Well, it's legal in part of the states here. And I was like, do these people not realize that this is a world anti-doping rule yeah not a usa anti-doping rule they're obviously bound to it because they're underwater and an umbrella type situation but i was like think of the other x amount of countries in the world that have olympic committees whatever 200 plus olympic committees um and paralympic committees have to agree to these rules Mm -hmm. so just because usa and canada and the netherlands have maybe a little more lenience in this there are countries where you can still be jailed so and hung yeah, there, there's death penalties for it. I think in, don't quote me on this either, but I think Malaysia. Um, so I know a lot of people, especially um, I have a lot of non-athlete friends who are actually in the cannabis industry, whether they're producers or um, work in retail of it. Um, and they want to change the narrative on how this drug is viewed, which I understand. It's been a stigma for so many years. Again, no one here is really debating that it's performance enhancing. Um, to a degree, I think that it's more, it, it's recovery enhancing. Um, so athletes will go to a lot of, uh, lengths to make sure that they can maximize their recovery. And if they're using this as a tool, they have to understand the repercussions. And Shikari wasn't ever, saying in fact her quote was i'm human she made a mistake and she made a a big mistake that i think when she's older and she'll look back on it and be very disappointed in herself um but for everyone out there who doesn't quite understand this the rule and thinking that it's a an outdated rule and stigma i'm like we've come so far in the last couple years in in terms of how this drug is viewed since that cbd wasn't legal until january 1st of 2020 at all that's Um, crazy yeah and uh thc uh, went from a two-year ban to a, a 90 to 30-day ban uh, starting January 1st, 2021. So we've already made a lot of strides in it, and maybe we're not done there. But at the end of the day, this was a conscious decision that she made. Um, and uh, there are other, like, I'm again, I'm not here to judge on how anyone copes with grief or, or stress or things like that. But... Um, it's just disappointing to see that we won't get to see that in my opinion, the fastest woman on earth run. I think I was really excited for women's sport as mm-hmm. well. And like you said, like that was going to be the premier event. Mm-hmm. So it, it is disappointing, but I think comparatively to a lot of doping sentences, the way she's handled it will actually, I mean, will help her in the long run. Um, absolutely in the media, but also I think just, it shows the kind of person that she really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think athletes, True colors really do come through when it be, whether it be a doping appeal or a carding or appeal or a team appeal, athletes, true colors come through in these times of turmoil. And I think hers showed like 
that she will be she will be better and she will rebound and imagine uh, i mean whether she runs in tokyo or not um she's going to be better come 2022 2023 2024 but i think just most of the thing that bothered me the most is people are commenting it that have no idea the rules that athletes are bound to and that athletes are not subject to the same rules as the general population. No, we're not. So as we mentioned, you know, we have to look up everything. Sometimes we're in a foreign... Everything. I'm talking the multivitamin I take have to be tested by a third party to make sure that there's nothing in it that will cause a positive test. And it's expensive. Um, it's like being an athlete, we, we are subject to so many rules. I have to give one hour of my day every single day where a drug tester can come find me, whether it be in my house at six o'clock in the morning, because I'm usually there sleeping at that time. <laughs> or if it's, if I'm in Germany, I have to give what hours I'll be at the track where they, I, they can just show up and test me. They could show up at, at team camp or team selections and test the whole team. If they want, they can show up really, they have your address. Mm-hmm. They have where your training locations generally are and yeah. you submit when your travel dates are for some athletes that are in the registered mm-hmm. testing pool. And like, I just think it's so important to say like we, the argument is it's apples to oranges of what cannabis and marijuana, like what the health benefits are and the recovery and stuff like that is completely separate arg- argument from she broke the world anti-doping rules. Exactly. They are two completely separate. And that's what bothers me the most about what's got me so fired up is yeah. people commenting on it and saying, yeah. saying this. And I'm like, you have no idea what athletes are bound to. Like yeah. we're bound to the exact same rules she, she is. is. So it is not discriminatory whether you're, a, I mean, Olympian or you're about to become the next Mecca star of Shikari Richardson or like I'm on the development team. I'm still subject to the same rules. Exactly. And we get courses from the Canadian Center Ethics and Sport every year. And, you know, contact email. If you ever have any questions, you can email. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the more senior t- team members in your sport might help you along the way on how to submit your whereabouts when you have to do it for the first time. And you're like, wow, I have no idea how to do this. They're like, here, let me show you. I've done it so many times. Yeah. So I think that's just what we really want to stress is yeah. athletes are humans, but we also are subject to an extra set of rules. And I mean, I had COVID and all I could freaking take was Tylenol. So because I'm sitting there and I mark everything in my house with a Sharpie when I, once I've bought, done my research, bought it, then done my research again to really look at all the thing. Like say I travel with a little medicine kit of say Mm -hmm. Tylenol, Tylenol, colon sinus, whatever it is. Um, and I literally mark in a big black box safe to take and where I bought it. So I mean, when we're saying like, we're careful what we put in our bodies, we're, we're really careful. And every athlete has to be in. Unfortunately, she knew what she did and the rest is history. Um, who knows if she'll be running in the relays, but I hope so. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know what the rule is. So, so her 30 day ban takes her until July 27th, which means she misses the woman's 100. Um, so she, she'll be out for the 100, which is like the prestige event, but she is still technically eligible for the women's four by 100. So we could still get to see her speed in that, which would be, I mean, the U S team would be almost impossible to beat if, uh, uh, if she's in for that. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure the U S track and field, uh, association has their work cut out for them and whether they want to, you know, go for gold and, and get their star player in or use her as an example of, you know, 
it doesn't matter what you did. You willingly broke a rule and that is why you're being punished. And, um, I think that's really what it comes down to. If people want to debate whether or not uh, marijuana should be le- or legal in sport, take that up with WADA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and I mean, I also think of the person that came forth. So Jenna Prandini now is running the 100 meters. She's also an Olympian and, and ran the two, qualified for Tokyo for the 200. And people are coming after her. And she's like, I did nothing. I followed the rules and I just happened to be selected. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's fair either. But there are the people coming fourth and fifth that may have missed it by a spot and you know imagine being bumped by, by from the four by 100 because she gets to run mm-hmm. there is a case for that as well as an athlete that's bumped to say hey well i followed the rules how come she how come I and i qualified through you know mm-hmm. you know that selection criteria are always also very extensive so <laughs> yeah. they're gonna be finding all the clauses in there that will help them anyways i think that's a really interesting topic um Thank you for doing so much research. <laughs> I actually didn't even do any research. This is just what I know. Like I've, I've, this is obviously a topic that I, um, uh, care passionately about and, and in terms of, you know, how I view sport. And at the end of the day, it's like, uh, as an athlete who has had, uh, competitors test positive and still somehow get back in the race, um, multiple times, uh, it's just so frustrating as someone who follows the rules to a T, knows the rules inside and out because I I know how to follow them properly and, and what that looks like. And uh, it's been just, it's frustrating. And, and again, I just wanted to like clarify everything because a lot of people aren't quite sure. They just thought that maybe, you know, here's a girl who might've smoked some pot a couple, like, because like, it stays in your system. Like maybe they thought, oh, like it's a trace amount, but like, no, for her to test positive means she actively ingested it somehow um, within a couple days, if not the day of, of her competition. So she knew what she was doing and uh, she, she knowingly broke a rule. And so that seems like it, it, that's the reason why I feel passionately that like, no, she, she broke a rule. She doesn't get to run. <laughs> And she had to know she was going to get tested at the USA track and field trials after running Mm -hmm. 1080, whatever it was. Um, Anyways, yeah, I think there's a whole other conversation. Obviously, if you want to learn more about it, you should look up the World Anti-Doping in Canada. It's the Canadian Center um, for Ethics and Sport. They have what is banned in sport. You can peruse all the other stuff that athletes can take. Um, Global DRO, um, literally spelled DRO, is what we use to put in you search up all the ingredients and all that stuff um the amount of times i've stood in the grocery store and looked crazy in the pharmacy aisle for 20 <laughs> minutes going scrolling okay yeah that's safe to take okay no that one's not safe to take blah 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 blah. um it's annoying so yeah um but rules are rules mm-hmm. uh that's it that's, it. <laughs> that's my view on it so and, yeah and that's mine all right. All right. Great chat. Rant over. <laughs> yeah. Rant over end. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone for listening to the Face First podcast.